Hang on, we'll give them give everybody a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think we're I think we're good. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Measure 8 Community Oversight Committee meeting for February 8th, 2024. We'll call the meeting to order. Uh, I'd first like to start by welcoming new committee members. Um, we have one today, that's Tom Lamar, and I'll hand the mic to Tom to say a brief intro, give a little, little bit of information about himself. Got to push that button hard. Sometimes twice. There you go. Uh, thank you. My name's Tom Lamar. It's an honor to be here. And I'm an industrial designer from Georgia originally. I've been in California since originally since 1998. I've been in Middle Valley and Marin County since 2012. I'm involved in agriculture, Black Mountain Ranch in West Marin. We run farms and education, all agritourism and activities around farm. We've got about 1,400 acres there. I don't own it, but I do help the owner. And I also run a software company that is involved in, in the intersection of finance and health. And it's an honor to be here. And I look forward to learning the process and getting to know the board members. Thank you. Welcome, Tom. And I'm sure the entire uh, committee welcomes you in in this really wonderful program that we have this measure a and it's really a, i think a privilege that we have this in marin county um next next item on the agenda <clears throat> excuse me is the approval of the meeting minutes from the november 9th meeting um i was absent so i will recuse myself from that but make a motion to approve well, uh, i'd like to uh amend that motion and then I'll second it. Uh, I would suggest you correct to make the corrections on the minutes of uh, our chair's name. It is misspelled in three places. And with the, those corrections, um, Chair uh, Catherine, and under uh, elect a chair, elect officers, and approved minutes, those three places are misspelled. And I think it would be appropriate for our chairman to have his name correctly spelled. With that uh, uh, correction, I will uh, second the motion to approve the minutes. Thank you. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Any opposed? Okay, we've approved the minutes for the November 9th meeting. Um, next, we'll turn to public comment for any items that are not on the agenda. Is there anybody present who would like to make a comment? And we'll be limiting those comments to two minutes. Anybody present? Seeing none, we'll turn to the um, to the internet. Actually, Chair uh, Catherine, we this meeting is no longer being conducted in hybrid format, so. Folks can watch the broadcast live, but they cannot comment through Zoom. There's no more Zoom for this particular committee. So uh, there is no uh, comment coming in online. Great, okay, well, thank you. So so no, no public comment today. Um, we'll turn to agenda item number five, the director's report. All right, excellent. Uh, I, my name is Chris Chamberlain. I'm the assistant director for the department. Uh, director Corton uh, is delayed. He'll be here probably within the next half hour, 45 minutes. 
um, but I will um, be presenting on his behalf uh, for this item of the director's report. So, um, yeah, uh, basically really looking at this last few days, obviously uh, here in Marin County, we uh, we received quite a bit of rain. So I just want to call attention to our operations team and their effort out in the field, uh, you know, inspecting, keeping our parks and facilities safe and open. We've had some down trees, some small slides, um, nothing really significant or catastrophic at this point, um, but the field is, uh, the crew has been working hard out in the field. So I just wanted to call attention to, uh, to those folks and, and express our gratitude. Um, also uh, with respect to one of our larger project, the largest project we as a department have ever really undertaken, the Bolinas Y wetland restoration project. Uh, it's been in the planning process for, geez, actually a couple of decades, really, if you, if you uh, really dig deep, but um, heavily in the planning process for the last 10 years. Uh, we're excited to be at the point where we're um, receiving our final permits. Uh, we're taking to the board a construction management contract for support um, with a consultant to help us manage that contract. Uh, and then we're hoping to finalize the plans and specifications uh, and receive, uh, we're, I think we're waiting for two more permits to come in uh, and then get out to bid hopefully in the next um, couple of months with a contract award and construction beginning this summer. Um, it's going to be a huge undertaking for us, uh, so much so that it involved, a big part of the project is uh, removing the, uh, the crossover road out in Bolinas, uh, and that is going to require some significant support and effort from our partners in the Department of Public Works. So I just wanted to uh, acknowledge their support and express gratitude from our team uh, for their role in helping us uh, uh, work through those pro that process. Um, but ultimately, we're excited to get that project out to bid and underway, and we expect it to be a two-year uh, construction project. There's a very um, tight construction window, um, given the environmental conditions out there and the, uh, the, the habitat out there. So we've got um, you know two basically abbreviated construction seasons that we're going to be working through. Um, but, but again, we're really excited. We think that this project will be, you know, kind of a, 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 at the forefront here in Marin County as we respond to the rising seas. Uh, also wanted to provide an update. Um, I think you all are aware that uh, last winter, uh, a vessel broke free from its mooring out off of McNear's Beach, drifted into the pier, and the pier sustained some significant damage. Since then, we've been working with uh, engineers on design for repair but also um, working with the regulatory agencies on permitting. And I'm excited to announce that we just received our permit. Um, so we're able to move forward with getting that project out to bid. Uh, and we expect that to happen, uh, the construction to begin mid-June uh, and be completed uh, this, this summer at some point, maybe early fall. So we're excited about that, looking forward to getting that pier reopened in its entirety. We know it's a popular asset out at um, McNears Beach and folks really do uh, value getting out there a lot of recreational fishermen and, and folks just going out for a walk through the park uh, enjoy that asset. So we're excited to be moving forward on that. I also wanted to provide a brief update on the Stafford Lake Park domestic water line. That water line supply uh, back uh, right during the week of 4th of July, right in the peak of our recreation season, um, failed um, and failed significantly. So staff had to go into immediate triage mode um, obviously turning off that domestic water supply line, but also installing tanks, pump systems, and scheduling and coordinating with a delivery system so that we can have our restrooms, the park residents, drinking fountains, et cetera, can all be uh, operational 
for the remainder of, of last summer during that recreation season. Um, but we're now uh, working with uh, the North Marin Water District as well as um, BKF Engineering on uh, the evaluation of alternatives for how we go about making the repair. One of the challenging things about this domestic supply line is it runs underneath Stafford Lake Park. It's why it's such a big challenge. Most of the time you would think, oh, it's a broken water line. Why don't you just go fix it? Well, this one's broken under the lake. So it's a bit more challenging. Um, and we're, we're coordinating closely with our partners at North Marin Water District. And uh, we look forward to getting and reviewing the analysis on the different alternatives, uh, making a determination and getting into the design process so we can get that repair um, implemented as soon as possible. Also wanted to provide an update this past fall uh, after our uh, last community oversight committee meeting in November, the board of supervisors, uh, the board of directors for the open space district took action to approve uh, the environmental document and approve the project for the Cascade Canyon uh, trail uh, improvement project, which includes the installation of two, two bridges um, crossing the creek. Uh, we feel like it environmentally is going to help um, with the, the preservation and protection of the resources out there in that in that uh, preserve, which are, are wildly uh, popular, valuable, um, and uh, important for us to protect. So we're excited about getting that project approval. Um, as far as timeline goes, you know, given staff capacity um, and funding, we we imagine that 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 project will probably go forward within the next two construction seasons depending on how other projects that are kind of in, in process, how they shake out in the, as far as the timeline goes. Um, also, uh, just wanted to highlight, you know, we had successful um, uh, first construction seasons on uh, the Roy's Redwoods uh, restoration project. Um, our own internal roads and trails teams were out there doing some fantastic work. Um, and that work has, has uh, been paused because obviously we hit the winter season. Uh, and now we're in the um, spotted owl nesting season, and we know that that's prime um, uh, spotted owl habitat out there. So uh, the construction will pick back up uh, after that nesting season ends, uh, end of July, beginning of August uh, is when we expect that to pick back up. Um, and also the, the Eagle Rock uh, Trail project right here uh, in the Terralina Preserve, uh, that project, uh, had we had been working on that internally, paused, jumped over to Roy's, to do that work while we were outside of the nesting season. Um, now, when the weather, uh, when things dry out a little bit, we'll be able to pick up that work uh, here in the later in spring. So we're excited to get that work going again. Uh, we feel like that's just been uh, a great project thus far. Several of the Parks and Open Space Commissioners took a field trip out there with us to go out and see the work of our crew. Uh, and it really is, I think it's gonna be extremely valuable as it provides important connection down to, down to the high school, uh, and into the neighborhoods in that area. Um, and the last thing I wanted to, to mention was, um, for those of you that have been tracking the IJ recently, there's been some conversation in there about the uh, San Anselmo, San Rafael, City of San Rafael fuels reduction project, um, which involves some work on our uh, open space district preserves. Um, and that um, project we're excited to, to see going forward. It's really on our lands, what it's going to be doing is reducing some of the eucalyptus population uh, along the ridge top up uh, here at the Terralina Preserve. So we're uh, we're excited to partner with the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority, as well as City of San Rafael and, and San Anselmo. Uh, and, you know, again, I think our small, our part of that project is pretty small compared to the other two jurisdictions, but uh, equally, we're excited to see that work go forward as we know it'll be uh, important as we try and protect these communities from the threat of wildfire. 
Uh, and that concludes my report. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Mr. Chamberlain. Um, are there any public comments on the director's report? Seeing none, are there any comments from the fellow committee members? Uh, you got to get your. There you go. Good. Can you be specific? Where in Bolinas is that project? So that the Bolinas Y restoration project is actually out off of um, at, the, at the intersection of Highway 1 and um, the Alima Bolinas Road. And then there's a crossover connection. So that little triangle out there, um, that really is the kind of the headwaters of the lagoon there. That is where this restoration is going to take place. So, um, you know, as we get ready to go to construction, you know, folks will start to see the messaging boards go up that talk about the upcoming construction projects. Um, you know, we anticipate that the first phase of construction is going to be focused on uh, the Alima Bolinas Road. So the traffic will be you know, the access to and from Bolinas will come through the crossover road. So that'll that's essentially going to be the year one uh, construction while we put it install this bridge um, and the and address the Alima Bolinas Road. And then subsequent year will flip flop over and access will be along the new newly reworked uh, Alima Bolinas Road. All right, I had a question. Go ahead. So just following up on that, too, so traffic will will be able to proceed depending upon which route, uh, but but it'll still be free. Yes. So it won't be stop and go. Correct. Traffic will always be able to get in and out of, okay. of, the, of the town of Bolinas. And um, it's just going to be a matter of right now, there's kind of two ways in at that, how you access Bolinas. And at any given point, you know, the first, first year, we're going to shut down the crossover road. Uh, so traffic will be coming in on the Alima Bolinas side, and then it'll be reverse uh, the following year. I think it's just a testament to how Measure A has uh, funded some of these uh, great capital and restoration projects and uh, throughout the county, <clears throat> and also the, about the ability of staff uh, to le leverage uh, those funds with uh, matching grants. So bringing, <clears throat> it's, it's really a benefit to the taxpayer, they're investing money, the staff's been able to bring in matching grants, additional money that would not have come in uh, for these projects uh, without the without the ability to have measure A. So, uh, great job. I have a quick question about the uh, McNear's boat. So it sounds like we're talking about it because it's being funded. The, the restoration is being funded by. Measure A. Was, was there any insurance money or was the boat owner? It's, it's a great point. And I, I should have been more clear. It is not being funded by Measure A. It is being funded by um, the general fund, which is going to be um, refunded by insurance as it is being an, it, it is an insurance claim. I, we wanted to mention that as it's just impacting in general uh, one of our main regional parks. So we felt like it's important for you all to understand. But to your point, uh, for clarification, it is not being funded by Measure A. So is the, is the insurance claim ongoing or do we know an amount that's being paid? Is there by the the, the insurance or? claim is ongoing. We've been approved for upwards of $1.3 million, I believe it is, somewhere in that uh, in that area. Um, but we, we work very closely with the insurance company and the engineering team that's involved in every step of the way, you know, thus far. Um, before we take, like, for example, we just took a construction management contract to the board for approval so that we can, there's some real technical aspects of the repair that are outside of our um, 
you know, subject matter expertise. So having to have them, you know, review and approve that before we went to the board for their approval, um, which means we're guaranteed to get that money back. So yeah, they've been, they've been heavily involved and actually extremely supportive. It's been a nice experience so far. Great. Thank you. Chris, Chris, one more thing. Are you getting input from people who live in Bolinas or Stinson Beach about your the project in Bolinas? Yeah, there, there. Again, this is something that goes back to the early two thousands um, when there was an initial Army Corps of Engineering report to recommending dredge removal from the lagoon, and from that point, it went under some significant community concern. And since that point, the community has been heavily involved. Um, we do have a, a Bolinas Lagoon uh, advisory or technical advisory committee that meets regularly that's been actively involved in this planning process. Uh, and we've obviously presented it to the Parks and Open Space Commission several times throughout its, um, you know, the, the development of this project. So we, we do feel like there's been a lot of, of community engagement. Of course, when the rubber hits the road or the the, the backhoes are out there tearing up infrastructure and signs go up and traffic is slightly impacted. You know, the folks that hadn't necessarily been uh, involved in all of those communications may be a little bit surprised, but we're going to be proactive with our social media uh, and do our best to, to reach out to the community groups that we have out there and our partners that we have out there so that folks are aware. Um, but ultimately, you know, we don't, um, we don't believe that there's going to be any significant traffic impacts. Great. Any other comments from the committee? Any other questions? Okay, that's an informational item. So um, thank you very much, Mr. Chamberlain. And we'll move to item number six, which is a review of the committee bylaws. Excellent. We make this a best practice that every year we bring your founding documents back to you to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as committee business and what we're focused on here. Um, this is much thanks to uh, one of our former committee members, Michael Dybeck, who is not with us anymore, but um, this is really important to him. So uh, there are three documents in front of you. The first is the resolution where the board actually created your committee many years ago when the first version of Measure A was passed. And your committee was continued then under the new ordinance when voters approved that here in 2022. That's the first document. And that's the first place where it spells out your three purposes, which is to review annual expenditures on an annual basis to make sure they comply with the ordinance and expenditure plan. We'll look at that in just a second. And then the two other focus areas are the annual audits and then producing an annual report. And it's great to present this at this meeting because we basically run through all that business, you know, back to back. So we'll get all that today. The second documents, the bylaws. And the bylaws basically spell out all the rules governing this committee. And so any questions you have about the different uh, seats and the terms and how often um, and to what uh, duration officers can fill uh, seats like the, the chair position, uh, it's all in here as well as it reiterates what your purpose is. Um, so take a look at that. The final document you have in front of you is the newest ordinance. Uh, ordinance 3760 and really for your business the important part the expenditure plan which is at the back of the ordinance and that's where we get past all the like um, California Department of Tax and Fee Administration language and everything else and we get to actually what measure A can be spent on and so it clearly summarizes all the different programs the percentages and then uh, generally describes uh, what each program can be spent on um, 
And then when I get to the FAIR presentation later on at the end of this meeting today, uh, that'll dive into detail on for any one of our programs, we have a variety of uh, sort of more detailed policy documents that govern that funding and also support an oversight process uh, throughout the year. And so I feel like that FAIR presentation will actually add to this by helping you to take a deeper dive into what actually goes into oversight, both at the staff level, the auditor level, and then um, for your role. So Great. happy to answer questions. We're also here to answer questions about you know, your work anytime you reach out to Chris or I. Is there any public comments on that item? Seeing none, is there any comments or question from the committee members? I did have yes. one, uh, just kind of a generally related question. That uh, I'm just curious as to why people, uh, public can't, you know, participate uh, from you know, Zoom or whatever to call in because see, this is a basically this was the taxpayers when they voted for Measure A. This was part of one of the conditions of approval was that this committee would be here. So I would think we'd want it as open as possible. Right, and and if I may, the the basically what we did was we looked at the the metrics over the, over the last several years, basically since the onset of the pandemic, when we made the shift to hybrid um, with respect to all of our boards and commissions that we have, we have nine, nine boards and commissions that our de department uh, administers. And, um, you know, we, we looked at those because all, the reality is there's a significant cost expense associated with the hybrid format um, for production reasons, et cetera. Um, but we also found that there were zero public commenters during the hybrid format for the duration that we had it available all through basically from March 2020 through, um, I want to say, fall of last last year. So, um, you know, we, we had to basically there was a direction from uh, the administrator's office to return meetings to in person. Um, and so we basically followed that direction with the exception of the Parks and Open Space Commission. That's the only um, meeting that remains in hybrid format because there has been a lot of community engagement through that platform. So it's kind of a combination of direction from our board uh, and the administrator's office, but also looking at the, the metrics and the usage of it and just making a pragmatic decision. Thank you. Great, any other comments from the committee? Is this working? Yep. I just wanted to say I wanted to reiterate what we talked about in November because I think you're doing some wonderful projects. And to to your point, the public probably doesn't know about them. And so I don't know if there's anything we can do on the committee to help publicize all these wonderful projects. But um, certainly I think that would be a way to get the public more involved and see where their tax dollars are going. Well, I, I, I believe our communications team does a wonderful job. Um, whether it be, you know, folks going onto our website and signing up for specific project updates, if they have a specific interest, for example, the Bolinas Y restoration project, folks who have a, an interest in that project have had the ability to go in and can still go in and sign up for updates. So as we, as things come up with that project, we'll send out a blast. If folks are interested in the Measure 8 Oversight Committee or the Parks and Open Space Committee, um, they can also sign up for alerts. So whenever agendas get posted, uh, they'll get an email blast that says, hey, there's a new agenda out. Here's the link. Check it out. Um, but they also, you know, through through the use of our social media channels, 
Um, they send out all kinds of cool updates about various projects. And if there's closures and things like that, it's a, it's a good avenue for us to communicate. So we feel like our, uh, you know, our website is one of our most popular way of communicating with the community. Um, and, you know, certainly, uh, happy to listen to any ideas or suggestions and ways that we can be better. I think there's, you know, we're always looking to improve. So. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. So, um, let me offer an idea. In Stinson Beach, there's a, a community group that meets regularly. Point Reyes Station has a Point Reyes Village Association. Tamales has a group that meets. Um, I think it's important for your, your people to get out and meet these people informally or formally. Just let them know what's happening. I see Parks and Rec go by on my road where I live. I wave. They got to do more. They got to get out and say, hey, I'm with Parks and Rec and this is what we're doing here. Just be friendly. I think that would go a long way to build relationships and also to send your message out to the, the folks in the field. Thank you. I, I, I honestly believe that being friendly is what we're best at. So I would put any of our staff out there in any situation. Um, and, and just for further clarification, um, you know, the Bolinas Lagoon Advisory, the Technical Advisory Committee, um, that committee has ties to the community and also ties to um, partner agencies out there like the Gulf of the Fairlawns, uh, et cetera. And, you know, one of the recent meetings of that advisory committee was hosted on site where we literally had easy up set up in, the, in one of the wide um, turnouts off of Highway 1 right on the lagoon where we called a meeting to order and then we had shuttles set up and we were shuttling, we had a great turnout. Members of the community showed up and we drove them out through the project site and talked them through it. So um, it, I don't believe in any way, shape or form we've been short on community engagement with that. So. Chris, in my experience, you're a wonderful people. You're hardworking uh, folks for the county and you're very approachable. But in West Marin, they don't know what you're doing. And I'm just saying, you got a constituency out there, not as big as in San Rafael or Corte Madera, et cetera, not in Southern Marin. But there are community events out there. And if you occasionally, once a quarter, had a representative out there and just went out and shook hands and said, this is what we're doing, it may go a long way. Understood and appreciate it. Thank you. I want to do that. <laughs> Pamela, I also wanted to just say, you know, we returned this year to volunteer assignments for our parks commissioners um, to get out with staff more often. And I was going to say, just for any of you, if you ever feel like there's a project or program you're excited about, you want to figure out a way to, you know, get the word out about it, um, feel free to reach out to me directly and we can talk and we'll get you set up. So really appreciate the offer. Yeah, and while it's, I was, I was looking at um, the purpose here, and while it's not stated as that we're ambassadors, I do think of our purpose as being that, and so we can, we can help the staff. It's, it's our role, all of us, to get out there and really explain what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, we will move on to item number seven, which, and this is an action item. So this is a presentation of the fiscal year 22-23 compliance audit. All right. Um, before I introduce uh, uh, Matesh, I just this is an annual. This is kind of one of the the meat and potatoes, if you will, of this committee. And um, 
every year, you know, we go through what's called uh, a compliance audit, and then we also go through a subrecipient audit. So those are the next two items on the agenda. Um, and Badawi and Associates has been the uh, consultant um, that had been selected as we've worked with them for, um, I, I believe, 10, this is our 10th year with them. Um, and uh, it's been a great partnership. They're very familiar with our, our, our procurement processes, our financial management software, um, et cetera. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're pleased with that partnership. Uh, we're pleased with the, the work that they've put in. Uh, our, our team, uh, and I just want to call out uh, our administrative services manager, Yvonne Zupko, and her entire team for their work to support uh, Matesh and his team as they come in and um, you know dive into our financial records, our our payroll records. Um, they really do get into the details, if you will, uh, with this audit. So, without further ado, I want to inter introduce Matesh Desai um, from Badawi and Associates, and he's going to walk you through um, a presentation and ultimately what we're looking for uh, based on discussion after the uh, Matesh's presentation. Uh, the action item that we're looking for from your committee is uh, a recommendation that the audit report be moved forward to the Board of Supervisors for consideration of, of uh, accepting. So with that, uh, I'll turn it over to you, Matesh. Welcome. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Chair, members of the committee. Uh, I have a short presentation on the uh, Measure A audit. So I will, if you could go to the next slide, uh, please. Uh, probably one more slide. And looking at the agenda, I just wanted to discuss the deliverables, the scope of our audit, uh, compliance risks, and our audit approach. Uh, the auditor's report, so what were the findings of our audit? Uh, there are some required communications that we need to make uh, as the auditors. And lastly, I'm happy to answer any questions and conclude on the presentation. Um, moving on to the next slide, uh, in terms of deliverables, we have three uh, auditor's reports in, in that uh, package of the total as our uh, Measure A compliance audit report. First is a, a, a report on compliance with Measure A. This is us discussing our scope and uh, results of actually doing compliance tests uh, in terms of whether the county complied with the Measure A requirements. Uh, the second is a report on internal control and also compliance uh, with Measure A. Uh, this is a report uh, that's issued as part of uh, government auditing standards, uh, which is also referred to as the yellow books. So as part of our overall uh, auditing procedures, we perform the audit in accordance with generally accepted auditing standards in addition to that uh, government auditing standards. And last is a report on the schedule of Measure A uh, revenues and expenditures. So included in our compliance audit report, there's a schedule of Measure A revenues for the year and also the expenditures. We perform some limited tests to determine the accuracy of that schedule. And this is our report on whether that schedule is fairly stated. Uh, moving on to the next slide, uh, just talking about our audit approach and compliance risks. So our audit is, is a, uh, it's performed on a risk-based approach. So that includes us evaluating what are the compliance requirements, uh, performing a risk assessment, and then uh, performing audit procedures to address those significant risks. So we start off with the planning phase where we review the prior year work papers. We review the, the ordinance. Of course, this year, there was a new Measure A ordinance that we had to look over and see what types of modifications we need to make to our audit testing. 
we do a risk assessment, which includes uh, understanding of, uh, what are the risks and what are the internal controls over compliance. We interview uh, staff, determine what type of procedures do they do, if there are any changes, and we identify key controls, uh, reviews of invoices, uh, time card reviews, approvals, those types of things that we feel are mitigate the risk of non-compliance with Measure A. And lastly, we'll perform our testing. So we'll go through the transactions that are recorded during the year, uh, determine if the county complied with Measure A requirements, and then lastly, we draft our report. Uh, going on to the next slide, uh, these are the compliance risks that we've identified. Uh, so firstly is Measure A revenues may not be appropriately recorded in the county's general ledger, so they may not, they may be, a, I guess, applied to another county program. So we obtain a confirmation from the state of California. This is a publicly available document, and we reconcile that document to what the county has recorded in its books. Uh, we also look at the allocation. So 65% is meant to go to parks and uh, open spaces. 25% goes to farmland preservation, or now it's agricultural, sustainable agriculture, and lastly, the special cities and special districts. So we, we do the recalculation to make sure the appropriate amounts went to each individual program. Uh, we do testing of costs. So making sure that the actual expenditures that are being applied against those revenues are actually allowable expenditures, nothing from the sheriff's department or something that's really not uh, appropriate. Uh, we look at the administrative charges. Uh, so as part of Measure A, the ordinance specifies that only 5% of the Measure A revenues may be used for public and open space uh, administrative costs. So we look at that. And lastly, we... Uh, I think the last part was reporting, but <laughs> but that's we draft our uh, looking at the report that was issued. Uh, in terms of the auditor's report, so we've issued an unmodified uh, report. The unmodified report is essentially another way of saying a clean opinion that there were no errors or there's no material non-compliance. As I mentioned, the audit is performed in accordance with generally accepted auditing standards, government auditing standards. Uh, we. Marin County Parks has complied with the Measure A requirements in all material respects. Um, we don't necessarily, even though we issue a report on internal control and compliance, that doesn't, uh, it's not necessarily a report on internal control, which is, is a bit different. Uh, a report on internal control is us actually looking at all the internal controls and performing the task of internal controls and seeing that the internal controls are actually working 100 percent or more than or close to 100 percent. That's not what we don't necessarily we don't do that as part of our, our audit. Um, just wanted to make that clarification. However, if we do identify any internal control deficiencies that we classify as material weaknesses, which are the most uh, significant uh, type of uh, internal control deficiencies, where by, you know, reviews are not occurring, someone can process a transaction from start to finish. Uh, we found errors that were material, which means that whatever internal controls were in place didn't really work as they were designed or intended to. Those were required to report. Uh, so those, we did not have any internal control items that we uh, may have discovered as part of our audit. And really the schedule is fairly stated. Um, so those are, our, that's really what our audit reports in, in total are saying. Right, going on to the next slide. 
these are just some financial slides. So first, I think we look at the overall uh, programs. So if you move on to the, the next slide. Uh, so this is looking at um, all measure A uh, revenues and expenditures from inception to, to current year. Uh, and it's looking at your measure A revenues, uh, your uh, measure A expenditures, and then also looking at the accumulated unspent funds to see you know, if that's really accumulating and maybe the expenditures are not necessarily occurring as, as quickly as they should be. Um, so you can see in the beginning there was, you know, as you were getting started, and this also, this includes both um, the original measure A and then also uh, most recently your newly adopted uh, measure A ordinance. Uh, so in terms of uh, trends, you can see that this year you did have uh, a slight uh, decrease in your unspent proceeds, and that's mainly because your expenditures went up because you had some large, uh, I think from your farmland preservation program, or excuse me, a sustainable agriculture program, you did have some large contributions and uh, land acquisitions. Um, but otherwise, in terms of the revenues, those have been quite uh, stable over the past three or four years. So nothing uh, significant to go over here. Going on to the next slide, uh, this is looking at your parks and open space programs. Uh, I know that now that you do have individual programs within parks and open spaces, just looking at all of those in accumulation. Um, again, nothing significant here. You did have uh, some more expenditures this year, just matter of uh, more projects going on, but uh, nothing else uh, significant here. Uh, moving on to the next slide. In terms of the sustainable agricultural program, uh, this year you did have a significant increase, uh, I believe, in expenditures. And this is, I believe, just the nature of the sustainable agricultural program, at least the part dealing with uh, obtaining land and, and easements. Um, generally, there's time needed to, I guess, get through those transactions. And then also, um, you do need to accumulate some funds before you spend them down. Um, but I'm sure there might be more to that that um, I think yeah. Matt probably wants to add. Let me just add two quick things. So one is that from a couple of the prior slides, when when Measure A, when the first measure was about to expire, we took our revenue down significant or our expenditures down significantly. So we built up a little reserve so that in case the new measure didn't pass, we could sort of wind down some of the programs and had some time. So we're sort of building back up from that, you can kind of see that in one of those past graphs. The other thing to note is that within our set aside for acquisitions for measure A within the 65% per parks and open space, 6 million of that has been committed towards the future purchase of the Martha property. Uh, the board took action on that a year or more ago, but the purchase and there was a, a bond that the community voted on, but the, um, the purchase, as long as the our partner raises all the additional funding, wouldn't happen till like June of this year, probably. So those we're expecting about six million dollars to be spent out in addition to just our regular um, programming, parks programming. So just a little snapshot into those numbers. No, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, question. Yeah, uh, Max, I've spoken to you about this before. Huh. Um, it's a sustainable agricultural program. What is a non-sustainable agricultural program? How do you define it? 
What is so, the difference between a sustainable agricultural program and a non-sustainable agricultural program? Uh, if you did not use the word sustainable, would it matter? Uh, so, Robert, this just happens to be the name that's in the expenditure plan for the measure that the voters approved. It's not something that we like wrote thinking one thing or another. What explains the types of expenditures that can be made under that program is the language in the expenditure plan that was approved by voters. And so this isn't so much like, what do we think sustainable means? It's that happens to be the name of the program and the ways that it can be used are explained in the expenditure plan, if that makes sense. I know you and I have talked about this before. It, it, Is it, it, makes, financial it, makes, it makes sense, but for the public, if there's ever a public, yeah. it would, it seems to interest me that it interests me that really, if you took sustainable out, you're interested it's agricultural programs. Right. Really, from my understanding, is that uh, sustainable agricultural programs widens the scope a little bit in terms of comparing it to farmland preservation. Um, but yeah, I mean, some that's defined, I guess, in the expenditure plan. But um, yeah. But just moving on to the the next slide. Um, here's just looking at this. Uh, I think we may have skipped a slide, but. This is just lastly looking at cities, towns, and special districts uh, programs. And I believe this year those lower expenditures, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, please. I believe this is maybe due to having to get into new agreements with each uh, participating uh, agency that they were that's still in that was still in the process that uh, no distributions are made prior to uh, getting into a new agreement with each partner agency. Uh, until that's done and they submit all their uh, grant agreement and, and so forth, that's only when the distribution will will be made. Uh, but otherwise, in terms of revenues and the unspent uh, uh, proceeds, that stays minimal with this program as most of the monies essentially just are forwarded to those partner agencies that they are received. Uh, moving on to the next slide, uh, this is looking at expenditures by program. So. This may not necessarily, uh, I guess, uh, compare exactly to um, when you're looking at the dist the um, the revenue allocations, which are 65%, 20, uh, 25%, and 10%, just because of the timing of the expenditures. Uh, so you see in the sustainable agricultural program, there's a larger uh, accumulated um, fund balance, uh, so to speak, or uh, accumulation of funds that are yet to be spent. Uh, however, the other programs have a generally uh, slightly smaller uh, unspent proceeds as those are spent a bit quicker. Well, um, you, you've anticipated my question with that 67% on the expenditures, and I understand what you're saying there, but when you look at the allocation of the revenues right. for the fiscal year, I also see 67.8% for the revenues to that one green program category. And that doesn't correlate with the um, compliance test and the finding that you make on page 16 that you verify that they correctly allocate the receipts. If the receipts for the fiscal year turn out to be allocated at 67.4%, how can you then say that the receipts are allocated at 65%. The two numbers do not match. Right. Is, are you looking at the um, a specific slide or? 
No, I'm looking at your report. Okay. So you have uh, on page 10, you have a spreadsheet of dollar amounts. You didn't put any percentages down on them. I calculated the percentages for the parks and open space program at 67.8 for the revenues. And then I looked on page 16, where you're affirming that 65% of the receipts are allocated to this program. Well, that's a, a almost a 3% difference in the allocation. And I think that uh, I'd be willing to support a conditional approval if you would explain that discrepancy in the report with a footnote, because it doesn't seem to me logical to say at one point you've allocated 67.8% of the money the county has allocated that. And then you make a finding that, oh, everything's fine because we saw that 65% was allocated when the table doesn't support that statement. Sure. Are you looking at the total revenues or are you looking only at the measure A? Um, I'm looking, I'm trying to understand your uh, presentation. Page 10 has um, revenues, 6, 6.7 million, right. 2.073, and then 829. I add those up. I then divide uh, that number by the 14,241, and I get 67.8. Then I check that with the statement on page 16. And I'm confused because the numbers don't match. Correct, correct. And I think that if you want our approval, you should explain why they don't match in the report. Okay, I understand. Uh, I believe the variance is coming from the other revenues that are under parks and open spaces, which there's a grant. And I believe they have um, sometimes some other revenues such as ARPA, uh, that they may be that are minimal compared to the measure A revenues. But, but, the, but the title of the table is measure A schedule of revenues. So right. I'm assuming that all of the revenues presented in page 10 and 11 are measure A revenues. So I would expect the percent allocation to match. We have a similar problem with the sustainable agricultural program where the uh, program was to allocate 20%, but the table shows an allocation of 25.4%. I'm simply asking, you don't have to answer it now, but if you will uh, confer, uh, you will commit to explaining the discrepancy between the tables and the statements on page 13, if you explain that discrepancy, then I would support the uh, document. I have a couple of other points we can come to at the end. Sure, sure. I can clarify that. Um, so the schedule's title is slightly misleading in that there are other revenues and on the schedule in addition to your measure A uh, tax revenues or sales tax revenues. And you know, I did discuss that in the past. And I think because these revenues are relatively small, uh, they still are used uh, in conjunction with Measure A revenues for your Measure A projects and expenditures that they, they are included. That's why the if you really want to look at the distribution or allocation of the sales tax revenues, the Measure A sales tax revenues, only the first line in that table uh, under revenues, which is the Measure A revenues, is the sales tax uh, that you collected. So. Really, the 65% uh, is the 5.6 million, the 2,073,000, 
the 829,000. Uh, that is the total amount that was allocated to parks and open spaces. And the total uh, measure A sales tax revenues was 13.1 million. That's which is it. why there's a That difference. explains it. I think if you put percentages in the table, that would help people clarify this. So, uh, and I'm comfortable with your explanation now. Sure. But I would uh, add that putting some percentages in the table will help the reader understand because then they can see the percentages and then they can see the statement on page 16. Right. And I can, um, and I can also work uh, with uh, staff or the county on how to maybe, um, I guess, make that a bit more uh, easier to follow that the other revenues are maybe segregated from the measure A revenues. It would just be clear because it is confusing to someone who's trying to correlate the findings with the presentation of the table. And it probably, I think your last point would be better to exclude these other revenues so that they're not confusing any uh, reader. Right, right. Thank you. Um, I'd like to ask also, as we look at, as we look at the percents, is this a um so it's it's annual that's for the fiscal year but are we are we looking to this the sorry i'm trying to track the percents but the different percents that are allocated for measure a is that is that over the course over the duration of the life of measure a or is it per year we have to stick to the to to the percents do you see what i'm saying maybe that's a question for you yeah. max yeah 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 well, we think the revenue should be uh, annual. You should be allocating each year based on the percentages. And that's what I'm wondering. Pardon? That's what I'm wondering. Hello. Let's see. Yeah. Yvonne Zepko here, fiscal officer for Marin County Parks. So um, throughout the first nine years of the initial measure, and then with the new one, we allocate all revenues based on uh, the percentages outlined in the expenditure plan. So the measure collects revenue that's identified in the first expenditure plan as well as the second. And so the expenses, as in the pie chart that's displayed, the expenses are going to change over time and because those are the actuals that were expensed in any particular year. But the revenue is collected and allocated on that 65 2015 overall, and then there's like sub programs. So if you're looking on. So, Yvonne, it's mm -hmm. by, so each year, so for the 65% piece, we should be allocating each year 65% of the revenue to parks. And through the course of the measure, that should also equal 65% uh, overall, right? So, yeah, it should be expenses both. over the life of the measure because there'll never be more than 65 in revenues to spend. Right. You answered my question. It's like a bucket. Yeah. As you're filling the bucket, yes. you're you're gathering money and then that can be spent. So yep. the revenue every year goes by percent. And then the rest of it is once once that bucket's drained, it's gone. So it might not, the expense may not be exactly the same percent every year. Exactly. 100%. Yes, that, that's great. Thank and, you. Yes. And the amount that's left in the bucket is the bottom row on the and then I, I think one of the things, Michael, that you were bringing up is like that, that expenditures could ex within what we call our measure A budget. So when we, in our financial software, 
we plug our projects into one of our expenditure sources. If, am I getting too deep for you here? No, I fully okay. understand okay. the expenditure. I was only looking at the revenue side and what confused me was when I looked at the total revenues, it does have these additional revenues. But this, and I, think, I think I'm gonna get to it too. So yeah. when we build a project, so for instance, like the Bolinas Lagoon North End project, a lot of it's funded by Measure A. I think that's in our Measure A budget, right? There's some Measure A funding in there, but we get a lot of grant funding for that project. But because the project is in our Measure A budget, we're bringing in the revenue from the grants. And so that adds to the that project, which lives in our Measure A budget. And so our expenditures could actually be more than the amount of revenue that comes from Measure A. Perfect, but table 10 could be strengthened with a footnote on the Measure A revenues row that explains that the allocations follow the percent. And similarly, I think somewhere you should explain that the 50% match is determined on a case-by-case -case basis when you go to the board, you're silent on the 50% match. That is a requirement. And I think that you did consider it as part of your audit. You just didn't say anything about the 50% match. You mean for the malt, the grant? Yes. Yeah, right. And some of that's this in the subrecipient audit, right? Which we'll talk about next too, right? So just to clarify, other is the matching part of the grant. What is the other line designating on this page 10? On page 10. Oh, yes, that's ARPA funding. What is yeah, that? so that was matching funding. So basically that's, matching. in this case, okay. federal funding that was brought to a matching funding for a project. And I'd assume in future years, we will also have other grant funding in that same category. But it would be better for the readers to spell out what the acronym means. Not everyone right. knows what yes. ARPA means. And maybe right. I didn't see a um, acronyms explanation in the report. Yeah. And it was like the American Recovery and uh, right. And we see rescue. Yes. Again, I would thank the chair for pointing that out because I think these terms should be defined. Yep. Thank you. Great yes, suggestions. We'll do. Yeah, yeah. I have two quick questions. I wanted to tag on what Jonathan was asking, first of all, with this bucket scenario. Um, is there an idea, and I appreciate your um, earlier explanation about kind of keeping revenues down, anticipating, yeah. um, keeping expenses down and anticipating um, fewer revenues, but um, is there an ideal minimum for the unspent proceeds that or percentage that you try to not go below that? Yeah. So in terms of our fund balance, yeah, yes. So um, we, and we haven't, we've like had more fund balance and part of it's that we have fund balance in different categories, right? So within our 65% for um, measure A in terms of like a, a sort of like set aside for financial instability or like future capital projects. I don't know that we have a specific um, standalone. We did that leading up to Measure A a few years ago when we were trying to set aside money so that we could again sort of see that out. But that's actually something that we probably want to do is right now we're in this place where all of a sudden because we did all that planning, we have a lot of fund balance. And so we're just working on 
spinning that down and delivering projects. But going into the future, we probably need to do some work to set a goal for the fund balance within our 65 percent. Which, well, it's yeah, certainly you know, nice to have yeah. that balance sitting there. That's wonderful. Yes. Um, the second question I had was um, on the sub-recipient grants. I noticed they doubled from the previous year. And I was just wondering what you attribute that to. The, um, the oh yeah, the so programs they so the in the in the 2012 version of Measure A, I think that's looking at the Sustainable Ag Program, which was all almost entire. It's a 95 percent. Uh, agricultural conservation easement grants, mm -hmm. which typically have gone to the Marine Agricultural Land Trust. They went through a huge tra staff transition over the last three or four years. And so for the last couple of years before this year, they didn't have barely any transactions. And so they've kind of gotten to a place where their staff has um, been more sustained and and their operations have gotten back up and running and so they're able to submit more grant applications and so this last year we saw several of them and i think we're expecting to see more this year the other thing that really changed is that sustainable ag program is more diverse in the new measure so only 50 percent of it goes to those ag preservation grants 30 percent goes into the fair grant program which you'll hear about shortly from uh thonia and kevin uh, and then 20% goes to uh, the Marin uh, Resource Conservation District. Before that was only 5%. And so, and they're doing a good job of uh, spending out the funding that's coming to them. So, yeah. Very brief question, and it's probably already been communicated. There's a good bit of capital that's rolling forward every year. Yeah. Uh, how is that money held? Does it sit in escrow? Is it, where is it? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, that our DOF folks might have, or you might you yes. probably know so, um, So we have different funds at Marine County Parks and Measure A is what's considered a special revenue fund. And it has its own fund number. So like the general fund happens to be 1,000 and Measure A is the 2,000 series number. And it earns interest and stays uh, separate from other funding sources. And invested by the treasurer. I think some of you... Uh, we're here last year when me and the director of finance spoke about that. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I did have one. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so overall, uh, you did not uh, discover or find any material issues in this audit? No. No material issues? No. Okay. Great. Well, that's Thank good. <laughs> I can conclude uh, my presentation. <laughs> more questions, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, there we should have unmodified opinion on compliance. Yeah, no I think material our members of this committee brought up various clarification issues, which I think are very important. Uh, but overall, the uh, no material issues is the most important. Right. And thank you for the questions. It really helps um, also for, for future purposes in terms of improving the report or improving the presentation. I know some of this information is a bit can be a bit confusing now in hindsight that um, it might be useful to have some additional notes or present information uh, slightly differently so it's easier uh, to look at. Um, but yeah, I can carry on. Uh, moving on to the next slide. Um, this is just expenditures by major category. So just by the nature of the expenses and 
Uh, most of the expenses go to contributions to other governments. Um, is that second? Uh, second to services, supplies, and, and capital outlay. Uh, thirdly is personnel costs, so staff and and uh, benefits. Uh, acquisition of land is about ten percent, and then administration costs and financial services about four percent so far. Moving on to the next slide, um, just want to go over right, required communications. So. One more slide. Uh, this is a slide just clarifying uh, our responsibilities as the auditors versus management's responsibilities. Uh, it's a bit of a gray area, especially when, uh, as the auditors, we prepare the and assist management in putting together the report. Uh, so it's often confused that the entire report is uh, is our responsibility, and sometimes misconstrued that compliance and internal controls is also our responsibility. Our responsibility is just to perform the audit, uh, issue an opinion on compliance and financial schedule. Uh, that includes evaluating internal controls over compliance and financials, and also to report the findings of the audit. Uh, management are responsible for uh, complying with Measure A, uh, putting in place internal controls to prevent non-compliance, establishing internal controls to prevent and detect fraud, informing us if there was any um, a fraud that occurred, and then also to take corrective action uh, when there are frauded findings. Um, going on to the next slide, uh, our responsibilities include maintaining our auditor's independence. Uh, so independence is why you don't have someone internally uh, performing the audit. So you don't have someone from another department um, from the county coming to the parks department and performing the audit. Uh, our, us maintaining our independence allows us to provide a, an opinion on the uh, Measure A compliance uh, without any bias. Um, so we follow rules that are set by the AICPA and the state board, uh, which prevents us from performing certain types of duties. So we cannot act as management or be employed with the county, uh, recording transactions without approval or making management decisions. Uh, those are, would not be permitted. Uh, in terms of timing of the audit, there was no issues there, and I'll try to be brief on the next few slides as it can be kind of uh, time consuming, but other items are required to communicate our significant audit adjustments, uh, difficulties encountered in performing the audit. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, disagreements with management, uh, deficiencies in internal control or compliance. Uh, next slide. Um, fraud and illegal acts. So with all those prior items, there was really nothing to, to communicate or no problems. Um, as part of the audit, we also will obtain a representation letter. Uh, the representation letter is essentially management representing to us that everything that was provided for the audit was valid. Um, we are aware of all the facts before we sign our auditor's report and also uh, all the items in terms of their uh, responsibilities of over compliance and internal controls. Uh, are are signed off on. Next slide, please. I think so. That actually concludes uh, my presentation. So I'm happy to answer any additional questions, or some might might be, I guess, be a best answer by management. Thank you, Mr. Badawi. Um, is there any public comment? Seeing as there is none, let's turn back to the committee. Any questions or comments? I see one here, Mr. O'Brien. Yes, thank you. Um, just. Uh, I just want to reiterate the, which I think has been stated before, is that the um, 
Measure A because it's a, uh, it's a voter approved funds that is not subject to, uh, as you know, the state has a large deficit this year and it can use ERAF to transfer. Although there's a lot of restrictions with ERAF now with Prop 1A, but it still has the ability to transfer funds away from the county to the state. Uh, and uh, but Measure A is not subject to that because it's separate and voter approved. That's correct. I may need to refer back to I guess uh, management on that one, but I would I would assume it's that's the case because those are restricted. It, it is special funds. It is correct, and in fact, there's language in Measure A that it cannot be uh, taken away by the. Yeah, state. That's very important in this economic atmosphere. Any other comments or questions? Oh, Mr. Is it Diana? Two, two quick points. Uh, repeating my earlier request is please say something about how the 50% match is um, monitored by county staff. And I think they, you, you didn't audit that the 50% was uh, done, but I think a statement as to how county staff reports on that to the board would be a helpful addition. And secondly, you didn't meant you just mentioned the uh, federal guidelines. I wondered why you don't talk about the California state accounting procedures for counties. Isn't that uh, an equally valid uh, reference tool for an audit? So I don't believe that that includes any special auditing uh, requirements. So in terms of the scope of the audit, we perform the audit in accordance with uh, uh, generally accepted auditing standards, which are issued by the AICPA, which sets the auditing rules as to how we're supposed to conduct a compliance audit. Yes. And we also perform the audit in accordance with government auditing standards that state some additional requirements as far as we're auditing a government, which would include things that would uh, look at identifying if there were any fraud or if we're aware of any abuse or illegal acts. So that's I hear what you're saying, but you don't specifically acknowledge that there are state uh, accounting procedures for counties. And I wondered if you are aware of them and consulted them. Why wouldn't you uh, note that as a reference? Right. I guess I'm not necessarily doing an audit of the county. Um, so in terms of the scope of the audit is mainly focusing on measure A and me how measure A was spent. So that's oh, what um, I'm assuming if there was the county's auditors and we're auditing the financial statements of the county, then that would be something that would be requested to conduct the audit in accordance with, or if the law requires us to conduct the audit in accordance with those standards, we would be, we would be looking at that. But um, as far as the scope of this audit, it wasn't really a requirement, or I don't believe it was that um, critical. Thank you. Any other questions or comments from the committee? Yeah. I just yeah. follow up, oh, sorry, I just follow up too that the 50% match is part of the requirements of the grant program that we administer. The grants are approved by the board that we bring in and evaluated by staff, but then the sub grantees, including the folks that um, would receive those grants, are then audited by the Department of Finance, and they're going to report after uh, this. I understand that. I just think that this report is silent on that point, and what you just said would be a useful statement to make at some point that this is okay. this specific subject, which is 
called out later in the document as one of the three requirements for measure A is addressed separately and it's not covered here. That's all I'm okay. asking is just explain where and how it's addressed. I don't disagree and I'm, when we're ready for a recommendation, I'm willing to uh, uh, propose that we uh, recommend acceptance of this report with those minor editorial uh, adjustments that we had. Great, thank you. A any other comments or questions from the committee members? Oh, yes, sorry, Mr. Ward. Thank you. Uh, out of curiosity, I heard that um, you've been auditing Measure A funds for about 10 years. Is that correct? But then do you also audit other aspects of the county government budgets? Uh, not uh, currently. We're strictly focusing on the Measure A uh, program. I believe the county has other auditors performing their financial audit. And then I, with newer ears to this, I want to just test my summary of what I think I heard about the rollover of unspent proceeds. So referring to slide nine, I guess a question for either Chris or Max. Um, here's what I heard, um, that in around 2021, Part of the, the, the increase in unspent proceeds was in preparation for a potential loss of the, of the Measure A renewal. Is that correct? Yeah, so within the within the 65% for parks that we accrued, we purposefully accrued additional fund balance within Measure A for if in case the measure didn't pass. The projects that were right. in motion. Right. And then I think I also heard that um, the last few years, there's been like more planning rather than project execution. Is that correct? So, uh, well, so I mean, there were not necessarily uh, in some cases. Yes, the other big piece of it was within the the set aside for acquisitions that um, we built up a significant reserve, about six million dollars, and then the board took action about a year ago to allocate that to the potential purchase of the Martha property in Tiburon. We're expecting that to close in June of this year. So then that 6 million would get spent out from that fund balance. Thank you for clarifying that. Can I just sub question yeah. here? Is, is, the, is the Martha project showing as expended funds yet? I don't think not? so, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Thank it's you. just... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, then my last question is, do we know what was going on in 2014 and 15 with all that? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was, so when Measure A, when we first started receiving revenue, the, our team was, I mean, before Measure A, the Marine County Parks team was like duct tape and bailing wire. We were like our parks side of the house, especially, we were used to making, uh, making good with barely anything. So we just had 50 gallon drums for our trash cans. We had, you know, teams would go out and just kind of fix things as best they could. And um, it took us a while to A, change the culture of our team to address deferred maintenance uh, in longer term ways and B, build up a, a projects delivery team that could plan and implement the significant projects to improve our system of parks and open spaces. And um, we, you know, initially undertook a road and trail management plan, a vegetation management plan, a bunch of master planning for our parks to, to create the groundwork for those projects. And then uh, in the following years, you can see that expenditures uh, 
increased as we were able to deliver projects that were in alignment with those plans. Thank you. Going back to um, what we talked about earlier with part of our role being awareness and education, it's really helpful for me to be able to summarize yeah. with $24 million in the savings account why we still need to pursue funding in an ongoing way. So that, yes. that, that short summary is really helpful for my newer ears. Thank you. Thank you. All oh, these questions are so cool. I love talking about this stuff. So <laughs> I feel like we do a budget presentation for our staff and I can see them kind of falling asleep. So I love talking about it with you all. <laughs> it's cool. Any other comments or questions from the committee? Uh, did we, we call for public comments. So we can, um, let's look for a motion here. Uh, Mr. Diet. I, I, I move approval of the report recommendation of approval uh, to the board uh, with the uh, technical edits that we discussed with the uh, report's author. And I have a question for staff. Can, can we make that motion? Is that an acceptable motion? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. This document is coming to you in draft form, being presented to you all for your feedback, which is what we're getting today, which is fantastic. Uh, and with the technical edit, as long as there's not any you know substantive uh, edits that would require us to come back to your committee, which what we're hearing today, uh, the requests are we would consider to be ministerial and technical. So, and, uh, and to make sure I'm capturing it, the things I have in my notes is better explaining the 50% match, how we track the 50% match for the sustainable ag uh, grant program, and then additionally explaining the better explaining the revenue side of Measure A and how it's greater than 65% because of the additional grant funds that were brought in for specific projects and being able to explain the sources in a clearer way and then also how that breaks down. So the that, third, third thing is to uh, define all acronyms. And percentages in the table and, and, and acronyms. acronyms. Yeah, I mean, two of my three notes relate to the other line in the table on page 10, and that's explaining the, uh, the other category Yes. Playing the acronym. Um, and then my third note, which I think we're saying the same thing, but just to sort of reiterate it, is explaining the subgrants. Um, yes. Addressed elsewhere in the other other audit. It's great feedback. Yes. Great. We'll do that. All ministerial. Uh, oh, I agree. It's yeah. terrific. I think it'll make this report better. And when future folks come back to look at this, they'll understand what the heck was going on uh, better. So it's it's great. Thank you. So, so one more time, we have a, a motion to approve for Mr. Diet with the uh, ministerial changes we've discussed. And we're all ready for a second. Do we have a second? Anybody? I'll second that. Okay, second from Mr. Lamar. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 And any opposed? Great, that motion passes unanimously. Moving on to the next item. Uh, and thank you, sure. Mr. Badawi. Thank you. Moving on to the next item on the agenda. This is item number eight, the subrecipient audit presentation for fiscal year 22-23. All right, uh, sticking with the theme of auditing, uh, we're gonna jump into our subrecipient audit and our partners at the Department of Finance, um, Michelle specifically, uh, just acknowledge and thank her for her time and energy uh, that she's put into this. Uh, again, this is a critical component as uh, outlined in kind of the transparency and, and community engagement piece uh, and the community trust with these with these resources to make sure that we're utilizing the uh, the, the taxpayers funds in the in the most sound, efficient and effective way that they would like it to see these funds spent. So 
Uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Michelle for her presentation and in a similar, I think most of the, you all have the reports in your packet and I think we're just gonna be walking through uh, that document. Thank you, Chris. Um, good afternoon, committee members. I'm Michelle Camacho. I'm the internal audit manager with the Department of Finance um, in the internal audit division. Um, here with me today is Long Trong. He's um, uh, joins me within the internal audit function and um, is one of the key members of our internal audit team. Um, Long and I make up the, the internal audit function at the county. Um, we're going to be going over the report, the compliance um, audit. It's the Measure A Marin Parks Open Space and Sustainable Agriculture Sales Tax Grant Compliance Audit um, for the fiscal year end, uh, June 30th, 2023. The scope period of our audit runs from July 1st, 2022 to June 30th, uh, 2023. And I'm just going to walk through our report. Um, two pages, please. Next page. Thank you. Um, we start our report with an executive summary, beginning with the background um, information that you're familiar with. It goes over um, kind of the original measure or ordinance, the original ordinance um, that um, invoked the measure, and then also uh, the re-implementation. Um, it talks about the different um, program areas. Um, towards the bottom of this page and onto the top of the second page. But there are um, three expenditure, well, there's four. There's four expenditure areas, um, the fourth being the administrative expenditure that's not to exceed 5%. Um, and the three areas are the parks and open space program at 65% the sustainable agriculture at 20%, and then the city, towns, and applicable special districts at 15%. Um, there are grant programs within each of these. Um, within the parks and open space program area, which receives 65% of the total revenue, it has, I'll call them sub-programs, um, that it's broken out into even further. So there's 65% that goes to maintaining parks and preserves um, per, for preservation and recreation. Um, there's 25% to reduce wildfire risk and then 10% um, to uh, preserve lands or support the acquisition and preservation of lands um, with a high natural resource value. Within um, the parks and open space program in that sub program, that's also 65% is where the community grant program is housed. Um, that community grant program is a very small, small amount, um, but it's part of uh, what we review with this uh, grant compliance audit. The next area is the sustainable agriculture program and our um, our audit actually reviews all of the expenditures or covers. We don't review all of them. We, if our audit covers all of the expenditures within the sustainable agricultural program. Um, so that would be the 50% to support conservation easements, the 30% um, to award in competitive matching grants that we we're talking about where they have the, the uh, matching grant requirement. Um, and then the 20% um, that's provided in matching grants as well uh, to the Marin Resource Conservation District. 
Um, for this year, we only saw expenditures within, excuse me, um, the 30% and the 20%. We did not have any expenditures within the 50%. Um, though that uh, program is going to be the FAIR program and will be discussed. Um, I'm sorry, I think I misspoke. Yeah, 30%. 30%. My apologies. Um, the 30% did not have any expenditures this year. My, my apologies for making that misstatement. Um, the 50% and the 20% were the two that had um, expenditures in them that were reviewed um, via this audit. The 30% is it in-houses the, the FAIR program that you're going to hear the presentation on um, later today. The final program area is the city towns and the applicable special districts. That's the 15%. Um, and so we're going to get into more of the details there. The next kind of area, um, yeah, are we on page four on the slide? My apologies if we're going ahead. One back, please. Thank you. Um, so I'm at the top of um, page four if you're following along. Um, the third program area I said is the city towns and applicable special districts at 15%. Moving on, we have the, um, the kind of explanation of the governance structure, talks about the oversight committee. Um, and this um, section here speaks to what Kevin uh, spoke to earlier with um, the, the responsibilities of the oversight committee. It's the last um, paragraph within this section. Um, that are laid out with uh, what was approved by the board, um, creating this committee in the beginning. The administrative oversight is at the, it's the bottom section at the on page four. Um, and this is management essentially within Marin County Parks and their responsibilities with that. Next page, please. Um, Kind of towards the top of page five, we have what is the compliance oversight. And we describe in here in number one and number two, the difference between the external audit, which is done by Badawi and goes over the entire um, big picture where we're looking at, where Badawi is looking at revenues coming in from the you know, state for, through the, um, the sales tax revenue and then going out and being dispersed through the expenditures of the county. Number Item number two talks about the internal audit division, which is this compliance um, audit where we're looking specifically at the grant um, piece, where we're looking at the grantees and ensuring that the grantees received their funds um, and that they expended their funds in compliance with not only their grant agreements, but also the expenditure plan that um, is was approved with the measure. Um, the table towards the bottom of this page shows the expenditure the program areas with expenditures that were reviewed through our compliance audit for the current year. So we have the, the first item is the community grant program. That's part of the 65% of the 65% in open spaces, the small portion of it, which is why there's not an allocation percentage there. Um, we looked at uh, the sustainable ag land and conservation easement acquisition, um, which has an allocation of 50% of that 20%. 
when we looked at the Marine Resource um, District program that also had some expenditures in it, um, which is 20% of that 20% total allocation. And then we looked at um, the all the the entirety of the city, town, and applicable special district um, allocations. Next page, please. On page six, we have our summary of work. We start with talking about our audit scope, um, objective, and approach. Um, Thank you for your patience. Um, for the scope period of July 1st through June 30th, um, 2022 to 2023, um, the grantees of Measure A um, remained compliant with the provisions contained in their grant agreements and the expenditure plan. We conducted the compliance audit. Um, in conducting the compliance audit, um, we included an assessment of the grants awarded, correspondence, um, corresponding funds spent by the grantees, and we did the compliance testing through inquiry, observation, inspection, recalculation, and reperformance. Um, the table, if you will, that is kind of halfway down page six, gives per fiscal year the total Measure A sales tax revenue received, and then um, designates the grants awarded to subrecipients um, or grantees. This, um, the amount of grants awarded to grantees. Not all of the amounts that are awarded, and I'll get into this a little bit later, not all of the amounts that are awarded to grantees are spent within a fiscal year. Um, the grantees in some cases um, have the ability to accumulate funds, and I'll, I'll explain that a little bit further detail as we um, get into it. What I do wanna point out um, when we talk about this is the difference between the grant funding. So when we talk about the community grant program, um, those are competitive grants. When we talk about the sustainable agriculture program, those are matching grants. Um, and then when we talk about the city, towns, and applicable special districts, these are allocations. It's a grant allocation based on a formula. So the city towns and special districts are essentially have a right to the amount of funding, which is why you'll see almost a dollar for dollar um, expenditure with regard to the revenue percentage that you've seen. Um, the audit procedures performed are about halfway down page six. Um, we perform, the audit is conducted in accordance with um, the Governmental Accounting Accountability Office's generally accepted government auditing standards and with the Institute, the um, International, the Institute of Internal Auditors, my apologies, um, standards for um, international professional practice framework. Um, Moving down to the tests that we performed, um, there's four sections here. They go from the bottom of page six to the top of page seven. Um, number one, as we assess the um, adequacy of internal controls, 
We do this on a um, sample selection basis. We perform and we perform the assessment of internal control structure maintained by the grantees through the examination um, of their respective measure A work plans and corresponding um, expenditure reports. No exceptions were noted. In number two, we verified the grantees maintained their measure A funds within separate accounts. It either needs to be a separate bank account or a special revenue fund. Um, based on the scope period, we also noted no exceptions. And number three, we confirmed that the grantees cash balances at the end of measure A for fiscal year um, 2023. So at June 30th, 2023, the, they matched or tied to what we anticipate the balances to be by taking the total revenue that they should have received less their total expenditures, life to date revenue, less life to date expenditures, which gives us um, what should be their cash balance or unspent balance. Um, and we confirmed that they have those in the account and no exceptions were noted. Item four talks about our sample selection basis for the expenditures incurred and reviewed. Um, we judgmentally selected 14 grantees who reported Measure A funds spent from July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2023. I'm at the top of page seven, I apologize. Um, and our audit select sample selection provided a 69% um, audit coverage. Um, at the bottom, the last um, sentence of that paragraph talks about Appendix A, and we're going to go over that um, in detail. Again, no, um, no exceptions were noted. Going on to Appendix A, there's a few things that I'd like to point out to this. Um, with this, we have um, in the grantee name, we have a column of each individual grantee that had expenditures for or that received um, funds, excuse me, that had revenues, received revenues from um, the special tax. Number one through 19, these are our city, towns, and special districts, um, and they receive the allocation formula through their grant. Um, number 20 and 21 are the matching grants. So this is to um, MALT and um, the Marin Agricultural Land Trust and then Marin Resource Conservation um, District. And then number 22 through 45 are the community grant programs. Um, in, column, in, the, in the last column, you can see the amount spent by grantee. Um, in some cases, the grant amount may exceed what was awarded to the grantee this will um, usually only happen for the first 21, and that is because they can um, accumulate the funds. Um, they can and carry over and accrue um, to expend in a further in a future year. Uh, for usually, this is done for larger projects. Um, and then, just at the past the last column, if you will, um, there's. There are the A's that are kind of floating out there past the row. Those are the um, sub. Those are the grantees that we selected um, for the individual audit that uh, was talked about in section four of um, the audit procedures performed. So that concludes my presentation. Um, 
I'm open for taking questions. Thank you. Before we take any questions, let's turn to public comment. Is there any public comment? Okay, seeing that there is none, we'll turn to the committee members and I'll take a question from Mr. O'Brien first. Yes, thank you so much. Very uh, enlightening, enlightened uh, presentation. Appreciate it. Uh, of the 69% sample, uh, how what kind of criteria did you use? Was it random or did you use some kind of specific criteria to do selection? We do. We judgmentally select and we have um, quite a few things that we use for our criteria. Um, some of the things that we use this year, um, for example, are the recency. So when was the last time we audited the grantee? Um, we try to make sure that we're um, throughout the life of the program that we're auditing the, the specific grantees um, uh, every few years at a, at a bare minimum um, so that that taken into consideration. Um, another thing that's taken into consideration is the amount of expenditures. So um, the not necessarily all of them are, you know, the larger amounts, but it can be, it's part of the criteria. Um, and there are other pieces. Mr. Diet. Well, building on, on that one, I think the report could be strengthened if you actually included a statement on those criteria, because I did note that the um, three relatively large grantees, San Rafael, Novato, and the Resource Conservation District, were not audited. And if you actually pull them out, you only have a 13.5% coverage if you exclude malt, too. But I think that picking up the points you made for uh, Committee Member O'Brien would be helpful. The, the second thing I think would be would strengthen the report is under the finding statement, instead of saying no findings or observations were noted, which kind of, you know, it, it, people who aren't used to auditing language, it would be stronger if you said, as noted uh, in the statements on points one, two, three, and four above, no exceptions. Um, were found. And so you're repeating those four statements you made in the paragraphs. Those were very good. So I think that if, if there's just a, a, a tag on sentence, meaning that there are no findings, meaning there were no deficiencies, there were no exceptions, that, that would help the reader because someone might be saying, wait a minute, you've gone through all this and you've actually found some things the finding is that there are no exceptions. So I, I think it could be strengthened by explaining that you didn't find any problems and therefore there are no exceptions. My last suggestion would be uh, to include as a footnote to the table, to the column on amount spent by grantee, exactly what you told us. That is some of the grantees carried forward money, which is why the expenditures exceeded the grants, because someone goes down and they say, wait a minute, how did they um, spend 176,000 when we only gave them 60,000? What, what's happening? So I'm not questioning any of the findings. I'm going to support um, the recommendation, but I think with, again, these are editorial statements, just to add a sentence or two and a footnote the uh, reader will not be left with questions. Yeah, thank you for the feedback. Um, I I agree. I think those are some of the things that points that we've gone over 
um, in previous audits and with the committee, and there are things that should definitely be added. So that's um, the footnote is is one, if not explained somewhere within the report um, previous to. Now, I do want to clarify um, with your suggestion at the um, with the audit procedures performed. We have the four points, and at the end of each one, we say no exceptions found. But what you're saying is under the findings section, under the results of the audit procedures, to restate no exceptions found uh, there. I just think maybe it just needs a, uh, uh, a final phrase. No audit findings or observations were noted, meaning that there were no problems, deficiencies, disagreements, just something that explains, because I read this and I said, wait a minute, we've had the preceding presentation and a lot of very helpful slides, which explain the, the communications, why there weren't any problems, and I'm kind of left hanging here um, with and, this. So uh, it's just, I'm an English major, not an auditor. So I'm just looking for a clause that explains what this statement means. Yes, I, I appreciate that. And I think um, I did, when I was going through it, I was so excited to get to Appendix A, where a lot of the meat of the, um, the audit is really held. Um, within explaining and detailing out, you know, the who was audited and and those pieces that I think I skipped over section three, which is findings and recommendations recommendations. And it, this is on page seven. And it says the results of the audit procedures based on the compliance procedures performed, no audit findings or observations were noted. Um, but we can add to that um, no exceptions found. Yeah, just something that just I'm left hanging. Um, in terms of processes, what happens if there is a discrepancy found? And I also just wanted to congratulate you on your audit because this is a lot of work. And um, I'm curious as to whether that 5% admin allowance is, your your jobs are included in that or this is separate? Oh, yes. The audit fee that um, internal audit charges would be part of the 5%, correct? Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Okay, Yvonne's the expert on that. Okay. Um, and then the other question I just had was, if there is a discrepancy, I'm just curious, what is the process? Um, so um, when we talk about, when you're talking about a discrepancy, if you're talking about like the confirming of the cash balances or the funds received or the expenditures that they've had or things like that, um, item three, so on page six, item three of the audit procedures performed, talks about if there's a discrepancy between the cash balance um, and that it's kind of the third line down um, towards the middle, um, if there might be reconciling items. If there are discrepancies within um, the item, we obviously are going to talk with the agency and, and find out why there would be a discrepancy, what's causing the discrepancy. Um, additional investigation and inquiry would would need to, to happen in order to ensure that there's no um, bigger issue that's being uncovered by you know, hitting the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Okay. Michelle and I actually, sorry. Michelle and I actually go hunting for discrepancies. <laughs> we meet in advance and talk about staff turnovers and all kinds of things that would create risk and actually try to put our finger on folks that are most likely to have a discrepancy. Um, and that's part of what informs her audit selection. So. And there were none. 
There were none. It was part of the criteria. And I just add. That, that's a very important. The finding should be very positive. This was a clean report. And I think stating this is a clean audit would be helpful to the reader. Thanks. And commit to committee member Tom's question too about the if that's part of the, I think you were asking about the administrative 5%. The 5% is like all of the indirect charges that the county charges measure A for all the services, which includes the Department of Finance, HR, um, County Council, all of those kinds of services that are provided to us. But when the Department of Finance conducts this audit, they're providing a direct service. So it's not included in that administrative 5%. Uh, just one one other additional clarification and the recipients uh, for local grant programs, they're either a public agency or a non uh, authorized nonprofit corporation. Correct? Is there any anything any other examples outside of those categories? Not at this time. Uh, there are things like joint powers authorities, but they incorporate one of those. are really public, right. I guess, they're public issues. Mr. Steinberg? Yeah, I have a couple questions. Um, the Marin RCD, is that the organization that has an office in uh, Farming Station? Yes. Does your audit go so far to say, how do, how do they receive money? They take it, they say, we have XYZ uh, project and we request this money for these specific projects, or do they say we need X amount of money for our purpose? Do you know, is that part of your audit? I do. So part of our audit reviews, um, when we talked about the oversight committee and then the administration, so the, the administration is responsible for, or parks as the administrators are responsible for, um, running the program in a way that um, I think Badawi spoke to it, um, that ensures internal controls. And and so with we work closely with Kevin when we're doing our audit um, and Yvonne as well. But Kevin works with the um, city towns and special districts um, and also with the matching grants. There is um, for um, RCD specifically, um, there's a work plan that's created um, that Kevin reviews and approves, and then there's an expenditure report as well that the, the agencies create, and um, Kevin also reviews and approves, and that's part of the review. We, we gather and review those documents um, along with a confirmation to ensure that the funds that they're receiving and expending are um, in line with the expenditure plan. First of all, I appreciate your efforts. Let me be more specific. Question may not apply to you, but I'd like to know whether it does or not. RCD says we have XYZ project and we need funds for this project, or do they say for these projects, and then you look at the projects and say, okay, the funds are spent, or do they say we need X amount of funds for, you know, this year? Um, it's based on projects. So RCD does, and I my intention when mentioning the work plan, RCD through their work plan um, designates the projects that they're going to do and the funds that they need for them. Thank you. I don't know what work plan means, but I think I get the meaning of your answer. Terminology is tough, you know? 
Um, so if RCD is funding projects for the national park, it's really not your concern as long as the funds they receive from the county go to county projects. Is that right? That's correct. Good. That's spelled out. So the Resource Conservation District has a grant agreement that was approved by the Board of Supervisors for the nine, the next nine years of receiving this formula grant. Michelle mentioned this sort of annual work plan expenditure report process, which is how staff on the front lines tracks where they plan to spend the money and how they spend it. And then we make sure that that complies with what they agree to in their grant agreement. And that includes things like um, they won't spend Measure A dollars in national parks, for instance. Great. That answers the question. Second question. Sorry to keep you. That's okay. Um, the Environmental Action Committee, which is officed in Point Ray Station, receives the same amount of money as West Marin Community Services. As a local out there, man, that doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. The impact of West Marin Community Services is very, very important. The Environmental Action Committee is really a a, a group with a political agenda. So that's great that you point that out. And those grants are given within the community grant program specifically for uh, bringing educational programming and people outdoors. And so in both those cases, they applied for small grants up to $8,000 to bring environmental education out in conjunction with schools. Um, in some cases, uh, connecting with um, low-income youth and creating access to parks that they don't have otherwise. So it's not, you know, basically $8,000 is the max you can apply for, and um, they're just small grants intended to help EAC or West Marine whoever to bring folks out. Okay, so at your end, somebody's going to apply. If, they're, if they've got the initiative, the education, uh, the wherewithal, they can make a good application. Your job is to look at the application, decide whether it's a yes or a no. Um, but as I go through this, it's interesting that there's some very wealthy sections of the county that's getting big money, and some poorer sections aren't getting very much. And you're, so one thing is in the whole list of funded entities, some of those are funded through formula funding, right? The cities, towns, and special districts the expenditure plan allocates based on a formula. The RCD, they get 20%. We don't have discretion over how they spend the funds except for making sure that it's within the, the expenditure plan. And, uh, and then the community grants is a very small amount of the overall funding. It's about $200,000 a year that we allocate. And uh, that comes out of our Marin County Park 65%. It's each year approved by the Board of Supervisors. And though that's a competitive source for uh, bringing, you know, typically underserved community members out to parks, providing transportation and programming to connect them with park activities. You know, one of the cool opportunities of increasing the equity sort of focused impact of our Measure A funds is the FAIR program, which you'll hear about more about shortly. So, I think overall, there's more and more sort of equity focused in the subgranting of our funds. Additionally, there's 
going, to, there's the opportunity more and more to subgrant our, even our acquisition funds to local entities to have a bigger sort of equity impact in communities. But, um, but you're correct in seeing that like that, that component of it was traditionally small and is, is growing as a part of the whole. I appreciate that. Good effort. But I, I, I go through this in an area I live. I don't, I, I live in Marin. At night, I go, I sleep in Marin. Okay, I know these people, and there are some issues here about how that how the wealthier sections or those sections with a little more initiative, a little more aggressive, are receiving their funds. And you are good people. I ask you to put your boots on the ground and see what's you know and, and go out there and, and see where the inequities are and be sensitive to that. That's all. That sounds good. I do want to make a note, um, just because Kevin did mention that the com the community grant programs are a maximum of eight thousand. If you look at the Multicultural Center of Marin, it says twenty two thousand nine hundred. That's because there are three individual grants, um, but instead of doing three line items, I lumped the amounts together. So that's where you'll see a larger amount there. And if there's any other that have a larger amount than the 8,000, which is the max, it's because they had more than one grant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, let's go to Mr. Lamar first. I'm sorry, he was waiting. With, with respect to the fair grant presentation, we're tight on time, so I'll be brief. I'll try to lump four questions into one. Um, as uh, committee member Diet suggested, I think percentages would be great to see of granted of the total and then granted within their group. That would be very helpful because I, I think we could figure it out, but it would be just helpful if it was there. The second is on the specific allocations, I noticed that on the page five, the table shows every one of the grant purposes is a general purpose subject category. Anybody could apply to it, but the only one, sustainable ag, 20% is fixed at an entity or in resource conservation district program. I'm sure that you said there's a nine-year outlook that was approved by uh, the supervisors. So I'm assuming that's why that is. The last thing I would ask, oh, there are two last things. Um, just quickly, the RCD, the reason that that's in there is the RCD is the one entity that's called out in the measure itself is receiving okay so that's helpful i'm a this is my first board meeting the second though the second to the last question is um within the specific allocations for example sustain this is just a, a general question sustainable agriculture 50 percent says land and conservation easements but it looks like there's only one entity is that correct there's only one entity within this um, period. But there could be two. There three. There's be no one. competition. Mm -hmm. It's not a competitive out, outreach. So for the this is for the land preservation grant program for uh, in within the sustainable ag program. Right. 50 percent. So it is a competitive program and any entity could apply for those funds to for uh, agricultural conservation easements. Right. Rent Agricultural Land Trust has been the entity that's been awarded, has applied and been awarded for those 
funds. So but all of them from the beginning to current, all of them. they've received a hundred percent of everything that's available to the general public. Right. Correct. Yep. Yep. That There's is an interesting number. Yeah. Okay. Last one, floating funds that are not spent. This is the subject. Previously, they're floating into these entities and they're holding significant funds for one, two, I don't know how many years. Is there a, any discussion around the ideas of holding those funds until they are spent so that the tax money is earning interest on the taxpayer side and not the grantee side? That's correct. They're required to hold all the funds, um, say at the city and town level in interest bearing accounts. And the interest goes to the entity or back to the taxpayer? It goes back into measure A. Perfect. But, you know, within the city and town level. So we track all of this, but Got it. it's not like it goes back to the county and we give it back to them. And the cities and towns, like for some of them, they're, there's an individual park that they're trying to save up money to like rebuild. Or in other cases, they're looking to acquire a new open space or something for the city or town. And so that's why they save it up. Over Thank time. you. Excellent report. Well, uh, one last committee member, Tom. Thank you. Um, Michelle, thank you for clarifying the um, the amount for the multicultural center. And you said they have three individual grants and that's why their um, their grant award is more. How many individual grants can one agency apply for or receive? Actually, the reason why they have three is because they also act as a fiscal sponsor. And because this program is focused on social equity, one thing that we prioritize is finding groups doing good work on the ground, able to connect communities with parks, but they don't necessarily have to be an organization. They do have to have fiscal responsibilities. So we'll connect them with an organization like Multicultural Center to actually do the accounting and stuff to make sure the money is accounted for correctly. Thank you. Sure. Any other comments or questions? Last one. Yeah, last one, Mr. Ward. Um, several great nonprofits on here chasing after $8,000, which probably doesn't go too far at the end of the day. Is it possible in the future to make them multi-year grants um, to protect the nonprofit's resources too? Actually, this year, my goal is to raise it a little bit to 10,000. I think multi-year is a good idea um, because we do care about sustainability of our local nonprofits. Um, it's amazing how a lot of these folks, like that's about the right sweet spot for them. But I know for other organizations, you know, it'd be nice to know you have like three years so you can staff up for it and everything. So yeah, and even if the amounts can't increase to know you can do this thing consistently multiple years in a row and not um, have your team chasing that money every year. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, um, this is an action item, so we need a motion. Um, Mr. Diet. <laughs> I like to do motions. I move um, uh, approval, uh, recommend approval of this uh, report to the board uh, subject to the editorial uh, changes that we requested great great and and to reiterate that that there were no deviations i think that's a great no, point it was an excellent report thank great. you very much and do we have a second second mr o'brien seconds and all in favor aye. aye any opposed that passes unanimously thanks michelle that was thank, great. You. thank you okay on to the next agenda item uh number nine no number ten Identify members to participate in the staff audit and reporting meetings. Sorry, did I skip one? No, I, I did skip one. Annual report. Annual report, number nine. It, it is annual report uh, information item. Thank you. 
So I was hoping to walk you through our actual uh, website here, but we weren't able to do that today. So fortunately, we planned ahead and have a PDF uh, that we'll go through. Um, but this is actually a really exciting time. We've in the previous years, when we first started this measure, we made print uh, annual reports that we would hand out or mail out. Uh, we took that and made started making PDFs that were, are just on our website and available. And now instead we have more of a web-based annual report platform, which is really cool because the um, the all of the graphs are linked to the data. So you can actually go in and explore the data in more detail and look at it different ways. Um, and it's a living document that can also be updated if things change or whatever. So um, it's I think it's actually pretty exciting uh, for our team. So. I'll just kind of go through this briefly and happy to answer any questions that y'all may have. So that, you know, this is just kind of the introduction of what it's about. We have some uh, basic, um, some numbers about what we do and what we manage. Uh, next page, please. Uh, this is a slideshow, which doesn't work on a PDF, but it's about five minutes long and it's just kind of capturing the year in pictures of um, the work we do. And we do come to your uh, committee each year and sort of do, a similar slideshow about sort of capturing what what work we accomplished. Go to the next slide, please. So uh, this is uh, similar to uh, some of what you looked at in the, uh, the the audit reports, but this is looking at revenue and expenditures. You know, of course, we're here talking about Measure A, but this looks at all of our funding sources. So uh, open space, Measure A. Uh, parks, which is a combination of uh, some general fund revenue and about an equal amount of a fee and lease revenue, and then our county service areas. We manage seven county service areas. And we go to the next slide, please. So this is a graph, and again, this is like one of the really cool features of our new sort of web-based version of the standard reports. You can go and look more deeply at, at these numbers, but um, this is just looking at our total expenditures by revenue source, um, and you can see how Measure A compares with open space. Open space is a, um, you know, is funding that only goes to the open space district, which is a dependent special district we manage uh, for open space preserves, and it's it's funded through a property tax measure that was passed by voters in 1972, and it's also called Measure A. Um, and then if you want to go to the next uh, slide, uh, this is looking at all of our expenditures. So um, one of the things that uh, you might see here that we tried to explain and uh, committee member Diet, let me know if uh, we could explain this better, but uh, is the other charges and capital assets. This is something that we didn't necessarily have in some other years, but it's uh, it's trying to capture acquisition. So uh, essentially, or in other capital, so land acquisitions or other capital acquisitions, we have to assign them to one of our funds. And so that's where that came in with the acquisition of uh, Bucks Landing um, and Bald Hill, and then also uh, a truck, I think truck and trailer tractor, big a big tractor. So uh, that's what that's capturing. Um, uh, and we tried to describe that in that little paragraph down below there. And then if you go to the next page, 
This is uh, services and supplies by program. So this is all of the expenditures that are um, separate from, you know, uh, um, salaries and, and those kinds of expenses, basically our project expenditures and breaking them down by the type of uh, facility that they're supporting. So whether that's park facilities, fuels reduction, um, public engagement, those sorts of things. And then uh, the next slide, please. This is looking at uh, our employees and, and what they do. So um, you can see that uh, uh, this is a little tough because on this PDF version, you can't, doesn't necessarily um, connect with the color, but you can kind of extrapolate that. Um, most of our most of our employees are, we have 57 seasonal employees. Those are all like, uh, you know, folks that are doing the maintenance in our parks and trails and, and, uh, and open space preserves. Um, but, a lot of those other folks that you see are, are rangers, our landscape workers, all those kinds of things. Um, and then uh, this is the next page is breaking down the expenditure categories. So, you know, the, with the new measure, we wanted to provide more information for um, folks, you know, that are interested in how, what the categories are and what they mean. So that's what's there. Uh, next page, please. So, like I mentioned, we have more grant, you know, uh, grants that we administer in the updated version of Measure A, and so we wanted to kind of break those grant programs down here and provide a little bit more information about them, and then also provide information about what was funded through those grant programs. So, these are all listed here, and there's links to that provide more information, more detailed information about um, those programs and what was awarded. And then if you go to the next page, uh, there's a little more information about the resource conservation district grants, the grants to the cities and towns, what those cities, towns, and special districts are, the amount that was uh, awarded. And then on the next page, um, there's a little more information about land acquisition and uh, your Measure A Oversight Committee. and. Uh, and that is really the end. There's another uh, page that straps it up, but that concludes. And I would just encourage you all in the in the agenda uh, and the information that was sent to you all, there is a live link. Um, click on that live link. It'll take you to this page and you can scroll down and interact with it. It's actually a really cool new document. We're really excited about it. Uh, so if, if you all could um, you know, take, take a minute and explore that when you have some time. If you have any notes or thoughts or whatever, just connect with me individually so that I can share that with our communications team. This is something that's new, as Max described. We're really excited about it, but certainly we want to hear some feedback as we as we learn um, how folks are interacting with this information and how we can improve it. And it's a it's a draft. So if even outside of this meeting, if you're messing around with it tomorrow, the next day, next week, and you see some kind of bug or issue with it, email us and, and let us know. Great, thank you very much. I don't see any uh, public comment. Any committee comment? Yes. <laughs> just a real quick one. Uh, can you just define CSA, which you use there? Because I may think of the CSA as one thing and you may have something else in mind. Yes, so it's a county service area and we can uh, update the site to spell out county service area. So it relates to the same CSD. It's similar to a CSD, so yeah. yeah. I just think it's it's... Yeah, so a C the only difference is the a CSD typically 
is uh, is more independent from like the board of supervisors and the county staff. So they typically have their own staff and their own board, whereas the CSA is just a funding source uh, has that utilizes the board of supervisors and has a board appointed uh, um, uh, advisory board that's advisory to the board of supervisors. You, you say that it's tax revenue, yeah. but don't say what type of tax. In they're all different uh, taxes. So there's um, the CSA. I mean, the CSAs. Each there's seven CSAs that we manage, I see. and okay. so each of them has different uh, types of taxes. It's okay. they're just local, different local tax districts where basically the community has an additional tax component to fund some type of park, open space, or landscape improvements within their local community. Various tax revenue. Various. Various. Okay. Well, I would say most of that is it's a property. So on your property tax bill on the column on the right where they have the additional assessments, that's where you'll see if you're within the geographic boundary of a designated CSA, that's where you'll see it. But exactly what it is, it's, right. it's right. each one is a little different. Yeah. Okay. But they're, they're not the same as 1911, 1913 park improvement district. So it's a separate. No, it is separate. I, I have the same question. I think that's my one bit of feedback too, is a little clarity on what CSAs are and where the yeah where, where yeah. that tax comes from. And if we can think of our property tax bill and seeing that right. line item, and then that that's kind of all we yeah. need. To know. And you only see it if you're in that district. So right. and we can we can um, we can we'll try it. One of them is actually also technically not a CSA. It's a landscape and lighting district uh, in Rush Creek, and uh, we can provide more information about it. I mean, some of them were pre-Prop 13, right? So they don't actually have an additional tax increment for that area, but it was at a time where you could actually allocate tax from within the base tax increment, right? I think for some you, of those. You could increase your taxes, uh, your property tax prior to Prop 13 with, right. with a vote. Uh, well, that's, that's most that's mostly CSAs and and uh, uh, community special service districts. A lot of them are yeah. property tax based. So, yeah. okay, a couple more presentations. Any other comments on this one? No. Okay. okay. Let's uh, close this agenda item and move on to number um, ten: identifying members to participate in the staff audit and reporting meetings. And just as a little background on this, we're looking for two to three volunteers. Uh, actually, committee member Robert Steinberg participated in the audit group this year, which is really helpful. Um, you get to actually come in. You hear the same kind of information, but during our exit interview, for instance, when they're actually delivering sort of feedback to staff and going over the report and draft form, you get to sit there and ask as many questions as you want and kind of go through it. So that's where a lot of the participation's at these days. Um, we're going to look at how to get the committee back involved with our annual report process as well. And maybe it's recommending like certain key points to hit on or projects that really seem inspiring. So, okay, but two says, to three volunteers. It says here the chair will select volunteer members of the committee. So anybody, would anybody like to be selected as a volunteer? Yes. Okay. Uh, for the staff audit, is it, good question. Is it, this is specifically for the staff audit. What are they volunteering for? What are we volunteering? For? Yeah, I would say it's the audits and if there's some annual report opportunities this coming year. Okay. Um, committee member Lamar and committee member Steinberg. Great. Great. We have two. Thank you. Um, that closes that item and we'll move on to 
Item number 11, <clears throat> update on Measure A, Food and Resilient Ecosystems FAIR program, grant making and oversight. Excellent. I won't be long-winded. Would you mind pulling up the presentation, please? So I'll just start out by saying, we've talked a lot about the different uh, grant programs we give out and the process I'm painting for you here after I give a brief introduction and update about where this program's at is very similar to some of the other programs. Um, and I just want to invite the committee if you want to hear more about those other programs and the overall sort of life cycle of oversight that they include um, from staff work to audit, just let us know and we'll give you those presentations in the future. Our new FAIR grant program, the Food, Agriculture, and Resilient Ecosystems grant program, that's that 30% of the sustainable agricultural portion of Measure A. We're really excited about this work. I want to thank Commission Member Michael Diet for walking this road from the beginning with us, um, helping us to author the grant guidelines, and now we're here actually almost ready to give out grants, which is amazing. I also, in the back of the room, want to thank our staff member, Sonia Hammonds, who basically took the grant guidelines, which you know are conceptual. Here's how we want the program to work, and she has been beating the streets. She's been out there with potential applicants and potential grantees, and really seeing potential projects on the ground. I feel like she is really making oversight happen before we even give out grants because she is testing projects in the field to see if they're actually ready to receive funding. She's talking to people face to face and making sure that. Um, they're who they say they are, and um, just doing a lot of due diligence even before we hand folks cash. So uh, next slide, please. Real quick, again, 20%. Next slide, please. And this is the breakdown, again, in that sustainable agricultural portion. It's the 30% pie piece. Next slide. And these are all the different areas that fair funding can go toward. It's a big range, and what we heard from voters is you know, we have grants going to agricultural easements, we have grants going toward conservation work on working farms. Um, let's supplement that when it comes to things like climate beneficial management, but let's also invest heavily in things like food systems, community gardens and stuff more in urban areas. So you'll see a lot of that. Next slide, please. This again, just a continuation of all the different ways this money can be spent. Next slide. Uh, this is just a small list of the enormous number of partners who have, again, walked this road with us, given a lot of input. We receive feedback almost daily about um, how valuable the process has been to applicants. Um, just a lot of pos positive feedback from local nonprofits saying this has felt really supportive. We understand the program. Um, we received a lot of warm support to apply. So um, we feel like this, this grant program is really working the way we intended and much thanks to these folks and more. Next slide. This is just a timeline to show you where we're at. So we uh, closed our first application period in December. We're now approaching March, which is when the Parks and Open Space Commission will actually uh, formally recommend to the Board of Supervisors they approve certain grant agreements. And then basically from May and beyond, we are giving out money to our first group of organizations and working directly with them to actually do work on the ground. So super exciting time. Uh, and at the very bottom there, it's gonna be winter 2025, 2026, um, that fiscal year period where we're gonna start to actually see audits um, cover expenditures uh, that have gone out to grantees. So you start to see new names pop up and a much bigger volume of subrecipient 
uh, audit folks. Next, next slide. Just a quick snapshot of who's applied. Uh, we received seven and a half million dollars in requests. We have about 1.58 million to give out. Uh, we had a lot of large grants. We saw basically heard from nobody that they wanted very small grants to do like a little like work on their gardens here or there. It was largely a combination of staff and infrastructure, um, or uh, in many cases, um, just sort of like big structural level projects that need to be done at this phase that'll result in a really big, um, impactful work in the future on the ground. Next slide. Um, by ge geography, um, many of the applications covered uh, countywide benefit, but a lot of our um, local communities as well uh, fell within applications. Next slide. And then there's a whole range of different topics that our applications covered. You'll see a lot having to do with food access and gardens again, but um, there are also some really exciting applications helping to connect low-income farmers with low-cost farming opportunities, which is one of the needs uh, expressed by voters. So I think um, one of the things that Sonia and I were really pleased to see in our initial round of 47 applications was that it really was spread all over the map of what this funding could go toward and um, a lot of promising outcomes. So I think we're going to see just really exciting work coming out of this. Next slide. Um, these are some additional highlights. And again, this is just a big applause to Sonia's work. Um, 20 plus workshops during the application period. Uh, lots and lots of workshop participants to learn how to apply, get warm handed support. Uh, lots of requests for technical assistance, but I'll also say again that Sonia has gone out and gone and visited these project sites, really sort of made sure and verified that they actually, like gardens can go where people are saying they can go, that folks are actively doing that work and are the best fit for that work. So this is all going to get rolled in through our review process um, into the recommendations so that we're actually recommending sort of the best of the best um, this year with the limited funding we have. Next slide. Now the exciting part, the oversight piece. And this is pretty straightforward. So this first slide, it starts with our voter approved ordinance and expenditure plan. We've already talked about that. We've created a set of grant guidelines that were approved by the board. So that spells out exactly how the funding can be spent, how the program operates. We now are working on a grant agreement. Um, there's the last slide on that. And that's basically what grant recipients sign. Um, it's everything that they need to do to receive the funding. It's the accounting requirements. You know, it just goes on and on to make sure that the money is spent correctly. Grant reporting that comes to us as a first line of, you know, making sure the money is spent correctly. The Parks Commission oversees this process and the budget allocations and staff presentations. Board of Supervisors approves. Um, we have our annual audits that this will be rolled under. And then finally, the Measure A Oversight Committee and your roles in um, sort of overseeing Measure A expenditures, making sure they're spent according to the, the plan, as we've talked about. Next slide. So staff plays a variety of roles. Again, the front lines, we're coordinating with applicants and grantees from before applications even arrive at our desks to giving out the money and actively walking with them through their projects and programs to make sure that they're actually doing the work they say they are and we're problem solving together on the fly if uh, things come up, if they have a trouble spending money, if they have staffing issues, we're in the middle of all of that with them. 
we, for instance, when it comes to auditing requirements and things that they're going to face, we'll give April workshops, helping them to understand the grant agreements so that they really understand in advance what they're getting into and have their questions answered. Uh, we're, you know, reviewing invoices. I mean, Yvonne's team does a big lift. Um, so we'll be working together with Yvonne's administrative team on that. And then coordinating among all the different areas of oversight as well. Next slide. The auditors, you heard a lot from auditors today. Um, they play all the roles that you just heard they play. Um, and it's great because they really provide that independent level of verification and oversight of both staff work as well as our community partners to make sure that that money is being spent according to auditing standards. And uh, next slide, please. Finally, your measure A oversight committee. Oh, one back, please. So, you know, it's great to have someone like Commissioner Diet, who's been there from the beginning. Um, we're also going to ask that a couple more members volunteer today to participate in this first review process that we're having in February. And then we want to look for regular, you know, opportunities for you all to go out and see projects, to interface with this program uh, on an annual basis. You also do everything that you're doing now. Next slide. Uh, this is the draft grant agreements that I mentioned. Um, I just wanted to point out that we work closely with County Council, Department of Finance, Risk Management, um, our auditors uh, to inform this. So it's a really strong document and contract. And then last slide, I think is just how to get in touch with us. Great. So thank you. Sorry for talking so fast, but Kevin, that's great. Questions. That's great. Thank you. All right. Any, uh, I don't see any public comment, but any comments or questions from the committee? Well, thank you so much. That was great. Yeah. And there's one last action, and we never put specific names in a request, but in this case, we heard actually in November from Andrew Ward that he wanted to participate. Uh, I know Michael Diet's already been participating. And then Tom Lamar, who's our new agricultural rep, made a lot of sense. So typically in future years, we'll actually come here and be like, who would you like to send us? But in this case, um, if you want to recommend those three volunteers, chair, um, participate in this February review, that'd be helpful. Do we need a motion? Excuse no. me. Can I get into this? Can I get into this? Uh, Do we run into a that, that put us into the quorum territory? I see. So I'm, but I, but I mean, we have four, yes. I mean, look, four potential. Look, sure. I'm telling you, uh, because of my West Marin affiliation and because this program is in West Marin, yep. I'm particularly interested in this. So I'll step back and just let the committee. Okay. Why, the why don't we, so we have, we have four volunteers. No, but okay. just as a point of clarification, my role is representing the commission, not the committee. So uh, I, We'll step down as a committee uh, representative and just continue as a commission representative. And that's how should yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure we can split. We could yeah. ask council. I just know you're appointed it, this committee, so it'd be it, tricky. Let, let me suggest an alternative that there's that there's of the four volunteers, we have three and an alternate. Would that be possible? That somebody who maybe can't make it calls the alternate and lets them know. Is that a does that is that okay? Does that make sense on your side? Yeah, because yeah, as long as we just as long have three as we just during, have three at a, at a meeting, exactly. That's an excellent idea. Right? <laughs> I think the only tricky thing is we would have to send all the information out. There's a lot to digest. Oh, there is. So I just feel like maybe just three. Okay. Sorry to put you in 
No, that's all right. That's all right. So we have a cap of three of the. This is a problem I wasn't expecting. I thought I might get pushed into volunteering for this. Why is it a problem? Uh, what's wrong with three and four? Because email, it's the same whether you send it to three or send it to four. In other words, could you copy the fourth person? And if the yeah, I don't see. I believe that's a Brown Act violation. If you have four four members on the on an email thread oh, conducting oh. business, becomes yeah. becomes a serial email or a or a violation. Yeah. Okay, so of the four, is there one who's less interested? <laughs> we have four, four uh, very interested members. Well, in, in the interest of goodwill and the interest of West Marin, I'll step down and let West Marin be represented. Unfortunately, if I'm understanding it correctly, you can't step down because you're already part of it from the open space district. <laughs> you're the automatic. Oh, I, I, think, I think Michael could. That, that would be fine. Could step down. Yeah. Okay. He he's already been deep in the weeds. So okay. This is great. Better than yeah. That. The point being he's not he's not attending the same meetings or on the same email right. threads. Exactly. So he could yeah. step down from this specific role at this, this time. Room. Okay, yeah. you're okay with that? I'm happy. Thank you for being a problem solver. Um we have uh committee member Sternberg, committee Steinberg. So I'm sorry, Steinberg, committee member Lamar and committee member. Ward, right. um, volunteering for this role. Thank you. And that's the end of that item. And the chair can just appoint. <laughs> oh, well, we don't need to vote, do we? No, no yeah. vote. Okay. okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, that you. is the end of that item. Number 12 is the update on the fiscal year budget for 24-25. All right. Uh, hang in there. We're almost there. Uh, appreciate everybody sticking with us. This, this has uh, been a great meeting. Uh, really appreciate it. I think this is the first oversight committee meeting that I've been to where and we've had all seven members in attendance. So it's just fantastic. So uh, I just want to provide a real brief high level update on as you all typically look in the rearview mirror and looking at the expenditures of measure A and the usage of measure A. This is our budget update looking forward as we're going into um, next fiscal year, fiscal year 24. 25, which would begin in uh, July 1, 2024. Um, and really, you know, our budget development process, the way it works is like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. Once you get an approved budget, you basically start right in on next year's budget. Um, basically, through the first quarter, um, first couple of months of from July through September, October, um, we're really, you know, getting rolling on uh, starting the expense of our current year budget, but then we're engaging with community members, stakeholders, uh, interest groups, uh, uh, agency partners, things, uh, groups like the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority, the local fire jurisdictions that we um, that we partner with, um, as well as you know folks that are uh, have have come up with ideas uh, and are interested in in pursuing those or having conversations with staff. Uh, it, it's really ongoing, but things really pick up in the fall um, when we start working internally. Uh, on each of our respective program, uh, kind of their wish lists, if you will, or projects that they had that were in the running for last fiscal year, but but didn't make it, or uh, just ideas that that have been kind of cooking or you know, being prepared for a while that are moving into implementation, et cetera. All of those processes, we start to really put our heads together in the fall. And then uh, in, usually in late November, early December, um, the county's budget administrator, um, issues a set of budget in, uh, instructions uh, in which that provides kind of the, the general forecast for things like property tax revenue, sales tax revenue, et cetera. And it comes with uh, 
you know, that general guidance as we need to take into consideration as we develop our, our proposed budget. So um, this year, as we all know, you know, what's been going on in our economy, interest rates are up, there's a, a deficit at the state level, there's some concerns on how that's going to impact the county general fund perspective. Um, but how that uh, how that concerns us really measure a being a quarter cent sales tax uh, uh, based on those instructions from the county budget manager. Uh, we are proposing a flat um, uh, budget for the coming year, meaning we're going to keep it identical. The expected revenue will be just over $16 million for um, the measure a fund. Uh, as far as property taxes, I think they're expecting a less than 5% growth. So we're probably going to be conservative with both the open space district budget and the measure a budgets um, just because we think it's a good practice uh, and we'll monitor revenues throughout the year. And if we need to make adjustments, we can certainly make adjustments. And as you all saw from the audit reports, um, there is some available fund balance. One thing that happens with a flat budget, there are some uh, labor ink costs that are going to go up. Um, so ultimately what that equates to is a decline or a decrease in discretionary project funding. So we do have a, an available fund balance that we can use to supplement that for a years as we, you know, depending on how the revenues come in, um, we can certainly offset that as needed. So uh, I think, you know, uh, committee member O'Brien, you said you were talking about the value of measure A and how important it is. Um, now more than ever, we're seeing that as the state and the, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, animosity right now about what the budget, what the, the state of the economy is going to do. The long-term projections about, um, you know, have, have somewhat mellowed out about uh, recession, um, but they're, you know, and things are seem to be kind of leveling off. But um, right now we're going to, our approach going into this next fiscal year is going to be conservative, um, you know, maintain our level of services within our parks and preserves, keep the projects going that we have started and we're working on, um, you know, keep our staffing levels consistent uh, and, and continue to provide that high level of service. Um, so that's, you know, we're expecting a, a strong budget. Our, the budget that we're currently working in is one of our biggest that we've ever had. Um, so to be able to be flat with that is a good spot. We're in a really good place. So, um, you know, I apologize again for a real brief high level overview, but just wanted to provide you that basic uh, kind of intelligence as we're thinking about our next year's budget uh, and happy to answer any questions that you all might have. Okay, I don't see any public comment. Any comments from the committee members? Questions? Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> just for clarification. So when you say, when you refer to flat budget, you're referring to the general fund uh, yeah, allocations. Basically a combination and, of all three funds. You still have right? growth with a measure A. Well, they're not expecting much in the sales tax growth. Okay. Uh, so that's why we're going to call it flat. And with open space being funded by property taxes, they're saying less than 5% projections. So we're going to, out of an abundance of caution, maintain flat uh, expectations there. So you're not, are you adjusting? You you said this, but I wasn't quite clear. You're, are you adjusting for, you know, normal staff yes. cost increases and inflationary impacts to supplies, et cetera? Yes. Yeah, so the revenues are going to remain the same uh, and the labor costs are going to go up a little bit. So that essentially means that our discretionary project funding is going to but that be, the be impacts going to be on discretionary right. funding. And, and then I subsequently said we'll likely utilize some of the existing available fund balance to offset that. So we're we're able to truly maintain. Uh, You're carrying the fund balance. Correct. To, okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up that item. And item number uh, thirteen 
is uh, our next meeting is November 14th, <clears throat> 2024 at 2 p.m. I would just like to say thank you to everybody in this room and everybody who participates in all of these wonderful programs where we really live and and uh, and spend our time in a wonderful place here. Thank you. This meeting's adjourned. Great oh. job, Mr. Chair. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. <laughs>